All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2009 psychological horror Triangle, which is one of the many, 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 many movies called Triangle as well. <laughs> uh, this is the one that sat on the boat. Just to let you know, it, there, there is a boat in this movie. And most of the movie takes place on the boat. And that is that is the Triangle movie we are talking about. We are not talking about the Korean comedy film Triangle. We are not talking about any other Triangles. Uh, this is this is the only one. I think there like, is I'm, another Triangle set on a boat, though. So that, that, that is... Oh, I, there, fuck! There's a second one that's set on a boat. Uh, I think it's, it stars Luke Perry, apparently. But it also takes place on triangle, a boat. Triangle, Luke Perry. That, that is a name. Okay, now that one technically is called The Triangle, oh. not Triangle. Oh, okay, that's how they get away with it. I see, I see. Yes, that one is Luke Perry, and it also is set on a boat. Huh. Interesting. My yeah. Oh, yeah, that, one, that one's about the Bermuda Triangle, it looks like. That makes more sense than this one, this it, title. See, that's what I assumed this one was about, or, like, but they never really say it, but I feel like it should have been about that. I don't know. Is right? <laughs> like, I know that the boats, it's weird, because the, the little boat they're on is called Triangle, but then they get on the big boat, which is not called Triangle. So it's yeah, I thought it was like the sailboat, and then like, but I mean, they're only on the sailboat for a very, very small time in the very beginning of the movie, so that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. Like, oh well. I always just assume that the Bermuda Triangle is involved in this movie, but it's really, it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, uh, before we start talking about the movie, Andrew, how are we doing? I am doing great. Uh, I just had my uh, our family had like a like. Uh, my wife and I uh, had our families meet yesterday, and it was it was it was actually it was, it was really nice. You know, without without a nice. I think her and I were kind of like, oh, this is gonna be weird, but it, it went actually really well. It was really cool. Her dad put it all on. It was great. Um, nice. Pretty cool. Uh, I got to see Thor: Love and Thunder on uh, Thursday, uh, and you know, I, oh, I, I haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I know it's getting a lot of flack like, on the internet, but I, I like. Oh, gotcha. I, for what it was, I thought it was pretty good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll probably see it sometime this week. Uh, How are cool, you doing? Cool. And and the Rona is all done. The, You're good with the Rona. The Rona is all done, but I do think that the last time we recorded the podcast, I think I, I my throat was not in a good place, and I think honestly, like I think I like did damage to my throat talking because like now it's just my oh, throat is just like very gummy and like obviously healing. <laughs> so I think I may, oh, it may have made things bad that day. Um, but so yeah, I'm not. I'm testing negative. I am like uh, completely, you know, out of the window of, of uh, you know having it. I think I, my throat is just like permanent, not permanently, but like, you know, on recovery. <laughs> um, so if my voice does still sound a little weird. I apologize for that. But I won't, I won't be coughing this time, ideally. Um, but uh, how are you doing other than your missing pecans? Uh, yes, no, I, I, I guess we should talk about that. So, um, we, my, gr- my girlfriend and I are both big coffee snobs and like, we don't like regular coffee. Like we Starbucks shit, get the fuck out, that sort of thing. Uh, so there's a couple local brands that we do like, like local roasters in the city we live in. However, um, they are, can be hard to find depending on, you know, whether you run out of coffee and maybe like the small market is so uh, slow. Uh, one of them does do home deliveries within like the city, uh, limits, which is pretty cool. And we usually do that. But anyway, we ran out of coffee. We realized that, oh shit, we weren't going to run. We, you know, 
don't have any coffee and the next time this home delivery happens is next Friday. We can't last that long without it. So we went to this like, or I went to this upscale, like a step above Whole Foods uh, market that I know has a lot of the local coffee roasters. And um, they also had like these chocolate covered pecans and they were expensive, but I'm just like, damn, that sounds really good right now. And I'm an adult with disposable income. So I'm going to get like, you know, maybe a third of a pound of pecans or something like that. And I did. And then I brought them back and I was eating the pecans and they were good. And then my girlfriend had company over that night, one of our neighbors. And then she was like, I have to serve them food. And then she stole my pecans and put them on a plate. And you know what the worst part is? What? The neighbor didn't even eat the pecans. <gasps> so not only did she take the pecans that I bought with my own money and served them to basically a stranger, but also she uh, didn't even eat the pecans. Maybe she was too high class and your pecans were too low class for her. She's like, ah, look at this, look at this these were, trash food here. These, those were high class pecans. So like, did, did you get to eat pecans later or did she breathe on them and you're like, oh God, they're ruined. Right. No, I did. I eventually, they put them back in the bag and then I just kind of ate the rest of the pecans, but I was just disappointed. I was just like, okay, I can't trust my girlfriend with my pecans anymore because she will pawn them off to the next available person that comes into our apartment. That, that is a risk. You got to start hiding them in like one of those soda safes that looks like a bottle of soda, but like, you know, Ooh, holds pecans. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's yeah, going to be a new strategy. There you go. Or, or meat. Put it, yeah. put it inside hamburger. Like hide it, cut a hamburger open and like slide it inside and then seal it back up. You'll never know. She is vegan. That is true. The only thing about that, though, is she is very, very good about not wasting food. So if I have a piece of hamburger meat in the fridge for a week, she will hound me and say, "Hey, Dan, why didn't you read that? Eat that hamburger? <laughs> what would you would you do with it? Why aren't you eating it?" I'm like, <laughs> so yes. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but otherwise, life's been good. Um, next week, I am going to be in rural Tennessee for my job. Um, the Steam Deck is really going to help out with that. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and, yeah, otherwise, not too much is going on. Uh, any news in the horror world that's going on? I mean, like, you know, I, I, did, I do know last time uh, we, talk, we, we mentioned horror stuff. Uh, yeah, I haven't really looked up much, but I did forget to mention that there, there's that real-time strategy alien game coming out aliens mm-hmm. like into darkness or something it's it, it looks it looks like XCOM but aliens um i don't know mm. i you know and i will say like a, you know alien fan love it but i'm kind of like hmm i don't know about this <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I you know there is a great rts avp game called Alien predator extinction that came out for the ps2 and xbox back in the day and that game was amazing i actually paid uh, a gross amount of money to get a ps2 copy of it last year because um, <laughs> i missed it um but you know, I, I don't. I, I feel like it seems like they're adding some weird stuff to it. It looks like there's some like maybe engineers, which I'm okay with, but also some other weird alien race, which I'm like, eh, I don't know if we need that. You know, I don't. And it seems like I don't know if you can play from the alien perspective with only the, the Marines. Like, you know, I, I'll let the XCOM factor. I suppose I'll, you know, I'm definitely gonna buy it. But uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it looks it's gonna, like it's gonna be amazing or not. Yeah, XCOM. I, I, I love XCOM definitely, but you know, it could be done really good or it could be really bad. I'm curious, um, Midnight Suns, the XCOM developers for Axis, are mm. working on that right now, the new Marvel game. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what the reviews are on that front. But, I mean, I love Civilization. I love XCOM. So. Wait, is Midnight They've Suns going to be, be like XCOM-y? Yeah, it's going to be turn-based. Um, oh. Yeah, apparently one of the big things they're doing is it's going to be card-based, uh, but it is going to be turn-based as well. So Wait. they have a couple gameplay trailers out there. Card-based, like like that... Uh, Kingdom Hearts game with cards? 
possibly. Do you remember that game? It was like, uh, it wasn't Dream Yeah, yeah, Chain of Memories. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was weird. I, yeah, I didn't yeah, understand that. that. Was a, yeah, that was that was an interesting one, and then they did the remake on the PlayStation Two and everything like that. So that, that was better. Yeah, that was better. Uh, yeah definitely. Uh, other than that, uh, did you see that? Uh, do you remember the YouTube series "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're coming out with a full-length movie of that one. What? They announced that. Yes. Oh, did you see that that new invitation movie trailer? Uh, it's, uh, no, it, I did not. It it's not the it's not the invitation. The I don't know who directed it, but the 2008 or 10 one or that. It's not that one. It's like another movie called The Invitation, and it's like I think it's about vampires. I, mm. Like some girl gets invited to like some girl gets invited to a dinner, a dinner party, kind of like that other one, and but then I think there's vampires involved. I think it's like ready or not, kinda almost, but like not as over the top. I'm assuming. Gotcha. Well, that looks pretty interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see that. I feel like there's another uh, horror movie that looks interesting, uh, but not Berserk. What's what's the movie? It's a word that starts with B that means like brute. Uh, what is it? Um, crap. No, is it D? It, it's like it's like a it's like a character from a uh, from like a fantasy game who's like a a, a brute character. Uh, it's not Berserk. Berserker. Oh, no. maybe Berserker actually. Wait, that might be it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Every time I hear that, I just remember Clerks with Jane Silent Bob. Berserker. Berserk. Uh, speaking of Berserk, uh, Berserk is back. I heard that. That, that is interesting. Yes. Is it good? Have you as the chapters come out or? I mean, they've only released two chapters thus far um and i've only read the first one just yet but i mean like the art style is consistent apparently the um person who's taken over was uh minora's uh, best friends and like knows the story the big plot beats and everything like that and basically they just said you know they sat down young animal the uh, publication that runs it and says said you know would what would minora want what he wants you know, it to end right there, or would he want us to continue in our hands? And they eventually decided, yeah, it's going to be continue in our hands. He would want to see this to fruition. So, yeah, it's exciting. Oh, did, did they say anything about, like, did he leave, like, a blueprint for them or anything? Uh, yeah, they said he, I mean, like, it's his best friend, basically, so... Uh, he did say, like, the big story plot beats were kind of planned out and that sort of thing, too. So it's as close as we can get, apparently. So it's pretty interesting. Okay, now, um, I've been meaning to kind of pick it up. So I, I, I read it up up until, I can't remember, I read it, I think I stopped, I stopped before the, the big boat arc, uh, the big boat. Uh, okay, um, but like five years on that fucking boat, yeah. I think I'd like heard about that and I, I kind of like made me lose steam. Like, I'm not, I don't want to not be able to finish this. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I can't remember though. Uh, yeah, but they're pretty, they're pretty close to wrapping up the next arc, um, so, yeah, this would be a good time to get back into it, honestly, as long as you just understand that this is a very, very slow series, and well, it's been running for decades at this point. That surprised me. it's amazing. There's two chapters out, though, because I feel like I'd heard about it coming back pretty recently, so I'm surprised that already two chapters have come out. That seems, like, uh, very yeah. fast for the series. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, the chapters are only, like, seven pages each, but it's still pretty good. And then I think Nope is coming out in two weeks. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm tentative. I'm tentatively excited about that one. I d- have not seen the second trailer because people have said that it basically spoils the whole movie. So, oh. I have not done that yet. Yeah, it definitely. It, I, I saw. I, for me, the second trailer excited me. I didn't really care. The first trailer, I didn't really think I would. I didn't. I wasn't really like, pumped. But the, the new trailer, I mm-hmm. thought like I, it probably shows more. But I feel like it. It shows things that I already kind of assumed. So I, it just kind of confirmed them for me. 
So gotcha. I didn't find it too spoilery. I found it just kind of be like, oh, okay, that's that's what I thought was happening. But there we go. Um, you know, but oh, and, oh, and the movie's called Barbarian. That's what it was. Barbarian. Oh, Barbarian. There we go. That was mm-hmm. the pretty interesting. I, I don't quite get what it is. Like basically, the plot seems like uh, a girl arrives like an Airbnb, and there's already some guy staying there, and then like weird shit mm-hmm. goes on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, it stars the uh, uh, the Skarsgård, the Bill Skarsgård, the one who uh, from It. So or I think he's one of the main characters at least. So. That I feel like he'll be a, he'll be a fun character. I think Justin Long's in it as well. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, hopefully it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Looks cool, but yeah, definitely. Uh, the of... other thing as well that I'm hearing about apparently there's a lot of buzz around Mad God. Uh, it's like Shutter's it... number one movie. Oh, really? For a while now, so oh. yeah. We'll definitely have to probably gonna see that one. Uh, you know, I I did just get uh, a uh, trial subscription to AMC so I could watch another movie on there, which has. Uh, Shutter's included on it, so I will probably watch that man this weekend if I can. Not this weekend, this week. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm probably going to watch that sometime this week, too. Then you know. Anyway, um, anything else in the horror news, or you want to get over to Triangle? I was going to say Prey again. We're less than a month away from Prey. It's going to be... That's right. Hopefully amazing. They uh, released that picture of uh, what the Predator looks like in that movie, so... Yeah, no, I'm so pumped for it. I, I, like, I like that you can see the lower jaws. I think that's, that's like a cool concept that it's not like the uh you know complete uh mask again i think that's kind of like a fun fun look mm-hmm. like, I, I, i'm looking forward to this idea of the predator because i feel like a lot of what they've been doing lately is just kind of i think part of i didn't like about the predator is they they kind of upgrade the armor a lot which i guess makes sense because you know time passes and stuff and these are like a different class of predators but i like i like kind of i don't know i think the, pre- the predator is always more interesting as kind of being you know obviously op with his laser cannon but like otherwise you know using other tools than just like you know, murdering everybody with, like, auto-shooting turrets and shit. Like, so, let's be exciting. <laughs> Definitely. Cool stuff. Yeah. All right, so you want to hop into Triangle? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, both of us kind of were recommended this movie by one of your friends. Um, I've never met her, but she went ahead and she recommended this movie for us. Uh, so, why don't you go ahead, because you've seen this movie before, too. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and introduce it? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So our friend Anna suggested this to us uh, on our Discord. Um, I'd seen this probably like five, seven years ago. Um, probably in the same way it sounds like Anna has. I just kind of, I think I, I think I'm pretty sure I watched it on YouTube one day. Um, back in my days of just like, you know, hear about a horror movie, let me watch it, and just like tracking it down and finding it. Um, it's kind of what led me to detention and those other movies as well. Um, but no, I, I uh, when I first saw it, I really liked it. Um, I really I thought it was a very clever kind of concept. I don't know how far we want to go into the conceit of it currently, but uh, you know I, th- I thought it was a very interesting idea. Again, for some reason, I always have the memory of it having to relate to uh, the Bermuda Triangle, which it clearly apparently does not. <laughs> um, but I thought yeah, it was... and actually this is a good part to kind of to say too. Mm-hmm. If you are interested in this movie. Um, this will be a spoiler-filled review, and this is one of those movies where, like, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it because it relies so heavily on just the mindfuck that it is. So as we delve into it a little bit more, it'll, um, yeah. So if you are interested in watching this movie, I would say Andrew's recommendation was he liked it, but continue with that. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I, again, I'll, I'll cut it off there because I, I want, I'll, I don't, I, I don't I don't feel like there's not much to say, like he said, without really spoiling it. So how, how about yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wish I liked this movie more than I did, honestly. Like, it was a cool concept and definitely was a little bit of a mindfuck, but I kind of agree with you and what we were talking about before we started recording in that it is one of those movies that just heavily, heavily relies on the twist or relies on this one, the mindfuck gimmick about it. And I feel like after I see it the first time and that curtain has been drawn back, it's not going to be as effective on subsequent viewings. Um, And it does drag pretty mm-hmm. long too like it's oppressive the whole time but there are a lot of scenes because the i mean like they repeat a lot of this movie because it's like central to the whole core plot basically and that does get a little bit kind of crazy but there are good moments in there it's definitely not a bad movie it, it, it's one of those movies where i don't think quite sticks the landing but is just such a good concept that i don't mind it as much so i'd say it's a solid seven out of ten movie yeah well, and I, I do like what you say that I think, I, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, I, as somebody who just did rewatch, I will say the rewatch isn't as great. And then the thing that you kind of mentioned, the slowness of it, like, I feel like the tone of it is very, I don't know, again, I don't know if it's because I was coming in the second time watching it, knowing the story, but did you feel like the tone was kind of just, like, bleak? I don't know, like, everything about it just felt kind of bleak to me as I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is like, it's not like, an, I yeah. didn't enjoy watching it, I guess. Even though, again, I think that's interesting. There's some interesting parts. It, like, there's, like, just an overall tone of, like, eh. Like, I don't know, like, foreboding, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's definitely something that is intentional in this movie. This movie's atmosphere is oppressive. It does not let up the entire way through. And you're kind of dragged into the mindfuck as the main character is, which I did appreciate on that front. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel the actors in the film? Okay, um, so I guess before we get into the actors, we probably should get into the premise a little bit. Oh, yeah, good part, good point, good point. Okay, <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and talk about that real quick, and again, if you are interested in this movie, this is the part where we're going to talk about spoilers, it's going to be very, very hard to talk about this movie without it. Anyway, uh, so Triangle, so basically the premise is we have our main character, whose name is Jess, um, she has an autistic son, and she's very, very struggling with taking care of him. Uh, He's obviously severely autistic and, you know, needs a lot of care. So she ends up going on a boat trip with... Who is Greg? Is it, like, just a crush or a friend or...? I think it's just, like, a childhood friend, but it it seems like, 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 it almost implies that they might be a crush, but then somebody's trying to set up Greg with somebody else, and, like, they never really pursue that. So it's... I just think it's a good friend, I guess, who maybe maybe kind of likes yeah. her. Maybe he likes her and she... Yeah, they have some sort of non-romantic history, but it, yeah, it's very clear that he's into her and none of the other mutual friends want her it, it, them to get together. It's very interesting. But anyway, uh, well, it, it, it's kind of a little bit underdeveloped. I guess I could say not interesting. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so the, she goes on a boating trip, a sail boating trip, uh, just to get away from it all for a while. Uh, there's a couple other people who are there for mutual friends, too. None of them particularly matter. <laughs> like, I, I, I really didn't get a sense for a lot of the characters besides Jess and Greg. Um, yeah, there's Liam Hemsworth is in it, which is interesting. Chris Hemsworth's younger brother is in it. I think younger yeah. brother. But, like, he's in it. He's literally some guy that Greg met behind the back alley of a bar and is kind of taking care of him, I guess. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the explanation we get. It's kind of like, oh, oh okay. That, that's weird. I think it's to make him like a red herring for what happens for... But then like he can't be red herring because they kind of deal with him so quickly that it's it, it, it's such a weird plot element to have. Why not just have him be a friend? I don't know. It seemed weird to me. 
Yeah, but to answer your question from earlier, I definitely feel like a lot of these characters are underdeveloped, except for just the main character, who, you know, obviously, as the movie goes on, we peel back more and more about her character, which is pretty nice in conjunction with the mindfuck that she's going through. Obviously, she's severely messed up, and she's got a lot of issues going on that are slowly revealed through it. Uh, but I did like how everyone basically is against her, uh, not outwardly, but very much a side-eye Oh, this girl's coming along. Ooh, I hear that she's a little bit crazy and she's a little bit stressed and, you know, there's 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 so much going wrong with her life and, you know, just kind of ostracizing her for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, the premise on this front, in the first act um, on the sailboat, all of a sudden the wind stops and then a storm hits them and they are basically marooned. Um, and then this big cruise liner comes on by and they jump onto the cruise liner um, because otherwise they would drown. And then weird shit starts to ha- start happening. There's a murderer that's out to get them. And just it kind of goes crazy from there. So, yeah, that's basically the premise of Triangle on that front. Uh, but a deeper dive into it, it is basically almost a time loop story. Um, we find out later on one of the twists very, very early on is that Jess is basically going through the motions over and over again. So she goes through from one perspective and then it loops back to the start. And then it goes through another perspective of her like doing other stuff in there. There are characters in this movie who are just like, oh, what are you doing in the theater? You were just in the cafeteria or something like that. And we slowly start to realize there's multiple Jesses at multiple points in time and slowly seeing her descend and become the murderer uh, from the very beginning as well. Um, one of the big things they kind of ham-fistedly put forward is the Sisyphus uh, parable from Greek mythology, uh, who was punished for dragging, who was punished by dragging the rock up the hill up to the very, very top, and then rolling it back down and dragging it up again for all eternity. Uh, that's basically a parallel to what's going on with her. So, yeah, yeah. that's basically the premise of that. Um, in terms of the, um, da, 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 yeah, the characters itself, I really think Jeff was, Jess was the only developed character, personally. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think none of them, like, I, I think Greg was a likable character. I think, like, I, it's interesting because there are, there are moments with the other characters, like, you know, I, I think, again, Chris, not Chris, uh, Liam Hemsworth's character is just, like, nothing. Like, literally nothing. Um, and, like, there's moments with the, that couple where, like, they're kind of, like, I don't know, they seem like normal people to a degree, where they're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, And like, I, I will say that it almost seems like it's well-written to a degree at times with the two of them, because like the things that they say are you're just like, oh yeah, that, that's what I would say that situation. Like, there's, a, there's the scene where she comes up and is like, uh, it is like, uh, hey guys, uh, Greg wants us to go uh, meet in the theater. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. And she walks, he's like, wait, where, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> like, and he says it so like, genuinely, like, there's are, those are great moments. Um, but yeah, and I feel like Jess, like we learn why she's acting so freaking weird um, later on in in the uh, in the film, uh, but it's when you watch it through the first time, you're just like, this character is so fucking weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like you said, you know, it elaborates more when you kind of learn the conceit of the film uh, and what's happening to her. Um, yeah, and the main actress Melissa Jores does do, do a great job in terms of this is a woman who has been through some shits and not just like a traumatic event, but slowly slowly being beat down over and over and over again and especially at the reveal at the very end where you realize that she's not so much a great person um pays off pretty well so 
I do like that. Yeah, and uh, I think she did a good job. No, I, I agree. Like, I, I think she does like, like the haunted kind of portrayal she gives, and like the struggling portrayal she gives is really effective. Uh, if not just like a little like, like off putting, but intentionally off putting. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, well well done for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. So I trying to think of how to. I feel like this, you know, this movie, the biggest thing to, to talk about is the, the time travel or the, the looping. Uh, how did you find, did you find the looping effective, the time travel, like a, a fun conceit? Like, I know this is, you know, done on kind of a lot of movies to a degree. How did you feel about it? Um, I would disagree with that. I actually don't feel like I see this time travel mechanic too often in terms of the looping over and over again. Like it has been done before, definitely, mm-hmm. but it is, I feel it, it, especially in horror, it's a little bit underutilized on that front. Um, like I said before at the very beginning, I think it is effective the very first watch through because you are dragged into the slow descent of, oh shit, you know, they got capsized and there's probably like, I don't know, aliens or something, <laughs> you know, weird that's going on with them. Some sort of outside force that's affecting them. And then you find the ship and it's just like, okay, now it's going to turn into a slasher where a murderer kills them one by one. But that ends pretty quickly. Like that first loop only takes about 10 minutes movie time and then we go into the second loop and we're slowly realizing, oh shit, it's just she's going through this over and over again. That's why the other characters were confused because they thought she teleported. No, there's really two justices or three justices or four justices running around at this point in time going on through. And then basically I did like how it kind of all loops back together because they dangle these plot threads in kind of front of you. Mm-hmm. Like in one part, I think it was Liam, Liam Hensworth's character. He gets a hole in the back of his head and we don't know how that happens. And then... 20 minutes later, we find out how it happens when going through back another loop back and forth right there. And I really, really like the effectiveness of, as this has been looping over and over and over again, the bodies start to pile (laughs) up and the shit that happens starts to pile up. Like at one point, she drops a necklace into a grate and there's like 50 different necklaces below. A particularly effective one is when the one redhead girl, I forgot her name, uh, she is basically running away from Jess to his full-on murderer mode at this point because... She's basically descended to the point where she thinks to herself the only way to break this loop is to kill everyone because once everyone's dead, then the loop restarts and the sailboat that's been marooned is um, brought back in as well. Mm. So that's how she kind of tells herself, you know, in that Groundhog Day scenario, that's how she goes ahead and murders everyone. Uh, But I do like the fact that she's running away from just as murder at this point and then she runs on over to like an aft deck or something like that. And there's a whole bunch of her corpses just sitting around. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty effective. But I do like it. I feel like that character should have been more like, what the fuck? Like, I feel like she's more afraid of Jess and not like, why are there still any of my corpses here? Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't really seem to you, make you, note of that. Yeah, everyone honestly doesn't make note of that, which I guess makes sense once we eventually find out what's going on with her at the very, very end. Um, and I, I guess we can talk about interpretations at the very end too. But yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I will agree. I think I think that they, they did a really good job. And, like, I, I, I went online, like, read, like, a summary of, like, trying to explain the different way the loops work, where there's essentially like, two complementary loops each time. So, like, uh, the one, the the Jess we first meet in the in the story is, like, they call her, they call her, like, Jess 3. Basically, the, the mass killer who she knocked off the end of the boat in the beginning is Jess 1. And then, like, so Jess 3 always kills Jess 1. And then Jess 4 always kills Jess 2. Uh, who's like, and Jess Two is the one who uh, is the one who would go around and uh, who like who kills 
who stabs redhead girl and who kills stabs the guy to death in the bathroom. So they're the same person. Mm-hmm. So just just this. God, this is hard to explain. The the fourth <laughs> the the Jess who comes on the boat after Jess we know is on the boat is the one who um, eventually ends up who is the first shooter essentially in the first part. No, sorry, is the second yeah the first shooter in the first part and the one who stabs everybody to death, and then she becomes the one who gets then beaten to death uh, as the killer when the Jess kind of looks over and sees her getting beaten to death by the other Jess. And then the Jess who gets knocked off the boat in the first beginning is always going to be the same Jess who we meet in the first one. So it's like there's, there's essentially two cycles of Jess is going on concurrently at the same time every time, uh, which is really weird, <laughs> uh, which is why we don't see Jess doing some of the things that the other Jess does, because that Jess is part of the other cycle, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. They're kind of going on around each other. Um, though and kind of going along with that too i really liked how it was almost like predestination mm-hmm. um it, it really the entire time whenever just tried to do something different or tried to move around she ended up accident she ends up accidentally just still going through the motion still going through the vents like she was always fated to do so that did contribute to the hopelessness of it all so well i think the thing that, that kind of does helps that thing of predestination is i think predestination always kind of always feels like that kind of parrot i feel like there's always you know it's, it's inherent in the paradox of predestination that movie of like that they're creating a paradox through it mm-hmm. but, but i like that by doing this by having these two different cycles going on they kind of get rid of that paradox to a degree where she can't so there are certain things that happen that she doesn't do or she tries to avoid but that sets up the second cycle essentially so that that, that, yeah, that was a clever so, way of, of kind of handling that. Um, which, yeah, just one doesn't do it, but just two will do it. Yeah, but th- then that makes me think though that like so she comes back at the end of um you know the, uh, you know so when she comes back at the end of the, the film, I was wondering then that she becomes the just two cycle or the just four cycle. She becomes the even cycle. So when, I'm sorry, when you say come back, you mean like she gets off the boat and goes back to the mainland? Yeah, or, or, or twist at the end, or, okay. or when, she, when she gets on the boat again. I'm, I'm wondering then gotcha. you know she gets on the boat again and then restarts the cycle. I wonder if then that would put her into the position of the Jess 2, or the, you know, the other cycle, where instead of knocking her off the boat, she beats her to death, which is like the other, the other cycle's ending. So, because the, mm. the first cycle ends with her knocking off the boat, but in the second cycle, we see uh, that Jess, uh, Jess 4, beating Jess 2 to death. So she, doesn't, mm-hmm. so she doesn't just knock her off. She beats her to death and then knocks her off. Um, so I, I was wondering if, if, like, if when she comes back the next time, if maybe she'd relive those moments then. Uh, or she would, you know, again re-inhabit the Jess three cycle, I guess. And again, the numbers, the numbers I'm, I'm getting from the article I read, <laughs> um, but that always kind of, that always kind of, I, I was worrying about that if she, if she would just go, but if she didn't have the same cycle, and if they, they'd be different, like if, because technically she doesn't die on the boat in her cycle, she falls off the edge into the water and th- assumedly dies in the water. Uh, or before waking up on land, but I wonder if she gets beaten to death on the boat if her cycle just if she's just done then, or if she wakes up again on the on the sand. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if we're supposed to play that off either way. Like, what, what would you think? Do you think that maybe she that you she ends up back on no matter how, what happens if she dies she ends up back on the, the shore? Or do you think that? How do you think that plays out? Yeah, I think again it's just predestination. Eventually, after she dies, she kind of ends up back on the shore, and then the events on the shore happen out of the mainland, and then the twist at the end of the movie is. You know, she thinks she's out of the cycle. She thinks she's back on the mainland, but, you know, she finds another version of herself in her home and the cycle starts anew again, basically. Mm-hmm. So going back onto the sailboat and uh, going back out into the ocean with her friends. So, yeah. And so what do you think of that, of the ending of like uh, when she finally breaks the loop more or less? 
I like the ending. Uh, so basically, if you're not going to watch this movie, she eventually does get off the boat after the big mind fuck, and it's a whole thing. And it very much is kind of the impression of, okay, she completed the cycle, now she's ready to get off. So she does, uh, wakes up on the beach, back on the mainland, goes back to her house, basically, which we saw at the very beginning. And it's a little bit of a reveal, because at the very beginning, we find out that her autistic child spilled some paint or something on the floor, I think. And then she gets upset about that. But in the beginning of the movie, we kind of get the impression that, okay, she's just very stressed, and she's having a really, really hard time taking care of this high-maintenance child. Um... And, you know, it's kind of to showcase just how stressed she is at her life. Mm -hmm. And then this time we roll around and we get it from a different perspective where she's kind of like looking at her past self um, as the child spills it. And then we find out that she's abusive towards her son. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of a little bit of a reveal. And then she ends up killing her past self, too. Just um, was that just to complete the cycle or just she had snapped at that time or... Was she trying to correct wrongs? Like, what was your impression? I think, yeah, why she did. That? I think that as her as her not liking the person that she was and being like, "Wow, I'm a monster." Yeah. Like, you know, going through this traumatic event and like, you know, and, and theoretically in her mind at that point in time, like, you know, she'd gotten to the point of being of killing people essentially, right? So like, she's yeah. she's just killed four people. Uh, if not, I guess more than that, technically in the, in the cycle. So she's like, you know, fuck it. You know, I killed these people who really didn't deserve it. I'm gonna kill this person who deserves it. Essentially, I think, and you know, it's just self hatred. I think also just hating the person she is. Uh, Mm-hmm. The interesting thing to note too, though, it, it is her returning. It's her return that causes the kid to knock the water over because he sees her and knocks over the, the water. So she actually That's causes right, the yes. abuse to to occur, which is interesting. So like that, mm-hmm. her witnessing herself being her child might not have happened had she not been there to more or less cause it to happen, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is very again kind of a weird, interesting thing to have happen. Uh, so because because also what that what that is implying is that the jest that we see at the beginning holding the child and telling him the story and like do or, you know uh walking around cleaning the um the paint the beginning is dead so the one we open with isn't the one we see get on the boat in the beginning in between then she gets killed yeah. we're assuming or maybe she does kill him then you know like because you know at some point the loop has to start i suppose uh but yeah and that's what i kind of figured out too and then the other big twist at the very end too is eventually she decides to drive on off and i think she's trying to leave the state or something like that i don't remember exactly the reasoning for it um but her child is very stressed out because he ends up seeing his mother kill his other version of his mother or something like that and it, it's very, very stressful and a very weird situation. Oh, no, no, it was the seagull. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, the seagull hits the car and there's blood all over and the child starts freaking out. And basically she gets into a car accident and her son dies of it and she dies of it too. And then the final scene is, you know, the car accident. We slowly pan out as the onlookers come on in and then we see another version of Jess standing in the crowd. And then she goes on in, gets a taxi driver over to the... Um, the uh the sailboat starting the cycle anew so she's been kind of dead this whole time oh no no it's kind of what the ending's applying so so, so what happens is um yeah what's your interpretation of the ending so so think well first i love when she hits the seagull because then she goes because she hits the seagull her son's freaking out she stops the car to go throw the seagull over the edge into like the uh the, the sea and she throws it and she sees a bunch of other dead seagulls there just like we saw on the boat so that's kind of your yeah, first on it realizing that that's been another loop yeah she's like oh fuck but what happens is um, yeah, she, hits, she hits another car because her son's freaking out and she's, uh, you know, I think she's not in a good place as well. So she's talking oh, to her yeah. son, crashes the car. But what happens is she survives. Um, but 
the corpse we see is the corpse that was in the back of the truck because she puts her previous the, the one of the version of her that she killed she puts oh, her in the back of the truck gotcha. so what happens when she crashes is the body falls out of the car so in the car there is dead her and dead son so people are like oh the gotcha. mother just died driving her son um so she's just standing there watching it mm-hmm. and is like oh fuck um though i will say it's kind of weird like do you get is, is the um is the taxi driver the devil or something because he was really weird. Yes. And he was just like, hey, you need a ride? I think you probably need a ride. Look <laughs> at that dead kid. Huh, that's kind of weird. Get in the car. Do you need a ride? Yes. Like, that was... So I think this is where we can kind of give the interpretation of our ending. So here's what I think. I think she is dead this entire time in this movie, and she's in a purgatory or hell, and just like Sisyphus, um, this is her punishment to basically relive these traumatic moments over and over and over again. That was my interpretation of the ending. What about you? So, like, so, what, when do you think she entered the hell? Do you think, do you think she initially, like, abused her son and then drove off, got in a car crash, and that's when she got into hell? Do you think that's how? Yes. Okay. So that, that, that's where, like, the loop actually starts. Yeah, and then, like, everything on the boat, the sailboat, the inviting people on over to, I mean, like, the purgatory used these people, but... They're not actually real. Okay. If that makes sense. That that's kind of that's kind of what it is. It's like a personalized punishment towards her. Again, rolling that rock up the hill over and over again, putting her in this Groundhog Day scenario. That was the impression I got from it. So everything on the mainland was real, uh, but everything beyond that is, you know, the punishments. Everything to do with the boat. Anything on the water, basically. Okay. Yeah. Because I I, I, I I also wondered like, when, I first, when I first watched it this time I, I remember the son died at some point so I was thinking that maybe she killed him in the beginning at first because I, I can't remember if he, if he shows him looking around she's holding him and she's giving that story about how you just have to think of a good place and I think that she thinks of as hit is him uh, I can't remember if I, cause I feel like he wasn't moving at that point in time I was like oh did she just kill him like did she beat him to death then when he knocked over the water or something and that's like what happened um, but yeah no that, that interpretation makes more sense yeah that like that she you know, maybe she was rushing, you know, things were getting, you know, she was rushing with her kid after he knocked up the water and whatever. She, you know, she, she kills him on the way there. And then, yeah, the purgatory she, or the, yeah, the hell that she lives in is going on that trip that she was rushing to and, you know, having to kill all the people and stuff, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Because I, I feel like then, like, you know, the, the that, I, I feel like then the, the hell would be to remember it. Because the thing is, after, um, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet, she, she doesn't remember when she, I, I think she's traumatized and she doesn't like, I don't know. If it's if it's a trauma or what, uh, but she, um, you know, gets on the boat at the end of the movie to start off the movie again, essentially. But she doesn't seem to recall or remember what happened, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting because uh, I couldn't tell at first if she did because um, she goes. So the taxi driver slash devil character drives her to the harbor, and he's like, "You're gonna come back, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'll be, I'll be right back." Uh, and then she, yeah, he says something like, "I'll keep the meter running," which I thought was a great line, yeah. very animus. Uh-huh. Which is um, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, which is, I, I thought it was kind of weird because I'm like, yo, bro, you know she's not coming back. Like, I guess you know, if, if he's a devil or whatever, it makes sense. But I'm like, bro, why would you trust this random ass lady who you just find, found next to a car crash? Like, don't don't fucking trust her. Um, but it, then, yeah, then it sets her up as being this kind of listless character who, who, like, at times in the movie is like, oh, this looks familiar. I feel like I've been here before. And she has like flashbacks to waking up on the beach when she takes a nap and stuff. Um, which are all kind of playing back to this. But it, it makes it a lot more interesting because, like, when you first see her come onto the boat uh, in the beginning of the movie, um, 
Liam Hemsworth's character like is like, hey, she's fucking acting weird as shit, and everyone's like, yeah, why is she such a fucking weirdo? <laughs> and it, it makes sense, you know, she just got traumatized by watching her son die essentially and beating herself to death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I just kind of got the impression that um, you know punishment the whole way through, but. Yeah, and I I did like that concept, especially at the very end. It it kind of, like, throws the rules out the window where in terms of, okay, anything can happen now that we're going through the lens that she is just slowly being broken down over and over and over again. And, yeah, that's that. I don't know. Yeah, I want that guy to say, though, poor that one girl who gets pulled out into that one girl whose fate is always to die in the boat (laughs) Mm -hmm. before anything happens. I kept waiting for her to appear again. I thought she'd, like, appear in one of the timelines or something would be up with her. But nope, she just, it's, it's like in a, the first episode of that Arrow TV show where I think uh, his girlfriend Never gets like pulled out. <laughs> the same thing happens. He's like on a yacht and like, I don't know, the capsize and he just, she just, boom, gets sucked out into the, into the water. I'm like, oh, okay. That was interesting. Because um, yeah, she just kind of appears, gets brought onto this boat to uh, woo Greg and then uh, boom, pulled out into the ocean when she uh, when the storm hits. So mm-hmm. feel, feel bad for her if she's a real person. I don't know. <laughs> Which, man, uh, wait for this hell to come with a weird backstory for Greg and his friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yo, we're gonna, this is your hell. You, there's this guy that you kind of like and his weird friend that he met in the back of a bar. <laughs> um, you know, strung out on drugs or something. Uh, what did you think of William Hemsworth's death? I don't, not death, his, like, the, the weird way that Jess wounds him. I thought that was so... Yeah, that was very weird. So basically, like, she shoves him back or something like that, and he gets in his head, the back of his head impaled on a coat hanger. Yeah, I, I, that, that was, like, it was so it was so weird and just, like, because she's just, like, trying to explain to him, like, so she, it's after, I think it's after the first loop has gone through and everyone's dead, and she finds him on top of a boat looking around, and he's like, she's like, hey, and he's like, what the fuck? Like, where, like, where the fuck did you just come from? And she's just like, you don't understand. Everybody's dead. Look at that body in the water over there. Oh, my God. And, like, grabs his face to, like, get her to look at him. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he, like, walks back. So she pushes him back into a little spike. And then she runs away. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it was weird. I don't know. That, that part was, like, you guys could have, like, there, there could have been a better way to do that scene. Like, I thought that, that, that yeah, was the. Yeah, you could have, like, fallen from an aft deck or something like that onto, uh, I don't know, a spike or something, so. Yeah, it's like that, that, like, yeah. that part could have been done a little better. That was, that was, that's always the kind of thing I'm like, oh, that's just like a weird way to start that off. Like, why not have her, like, accidentally hit him? Like, you know, they're touching something, something falls. Like, you know, there are other ways to make her accidentally hurt him than her touching his face and him walking back into a spike. I don't know. That was. That was interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a little bit weird. That, that's, that's, my, my, that's my biggest nitpick in the movie is that one scene just being like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. i trying to think of any... Do you have any, any standouts, any, uh, any moments that you thought hit really well or hit poorly to you? I did like the kind of slow descent and the parallels they had on this run. Like, I remember at the very beginning, uh, Jess has this moment where she's realizing that you know, the other version of her is this murderer and there's some sort of looping going on. And so she looks in the mirror and she's like, oh shit, I've done this so many times before, I'm going to do it again. And then she looks at the mirror and just goes, no, absolutely no way. And she tries to reject it. But of course, this is all predetermined and predestinationed. No matter what she does, it's going to be the intended effect. And um, later on in the movie, they parallel that scene by her standing in front of a mirror and she's realizing, okay, should I do have to kill everyone in order to break this loop? Um, so I did like that parallel. I liked all the moments when they had 
the past loops show themselves, like the corpses piled up on the deck or the little necklace with the picture of her son down the grate, or like you mentioned before, the seagull. Um, I thought those were all very good reveals, and I did like that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, other than that, no, I mean, like, the biggest thing that kind of strikes me is just I feel like all the characters are very underdeveloped. I couldn't give you a personality trait of any single one of them, honestly. Um, I don't even remember the relationship between them for most of them, so I felt like that could have been a little bit more... But again, this movie is focused on Jess. She, you know, it is her story. Everyone else is just kind of literally in this punishment loop. Um, it is designed to serve and punish her. So yeah, that's it. Well, I think that's actually a good point you bring up because this movie actually is a pretty tight. Like I think it's like not, it's like ninety minutes long. It's not very long. Like you know, it, it feels long to a degree, but like it, it's. You mentioned that the first loop is very quick, and I feel like they could have expanded that first loop a little bit more to make it, or maybe, you know, maybe kind of expanded the first to second loop to maybe make it a little more confusing as to what's going on um, mm -hmm. and making it a little bit more, uh, you know, like you said, dividing the characters a little bit more and maybe making the horror of it a little bit stronger because, yeah, it really doesn't feel like a horror movie very much because that uh, stalker plotline is, you know, uh, gotten rid of so quickly. So they, they could have probably improved it by, you know, you know, making it a little bit longer and, you know, fleshing out the characters and making that horror element there um I, I do like the part where she like i feel like i've seen this in a few movies uh again like, I, like, like you said like i don't think this is that common of a thing but i know that i've seen it enough like the, the writing checking your handwriting to write the same word over again uh oh yeah that part i think like i've seen in a few things before um which is interesting um I, my big question is how did she how does she discover that you have to kill everybody when like, the initial version of her how would she discover that she has to kill everybody to break the loop I feel like that has to be a psychosis thing, because if you if she had done it and broken the loop, then wouldn't she have gone back to the mainland, forgotten it, and then come back? Yes. So how how would that ever have started? How would that thought process ever have begun? That's my only nitpick of terms in terms uh, of the repeating thing. Yeah, I'm assuming it was like a predetermined. Like there really in this movie, there is no beginning, there is no end. The way it's set up is that it's always been a cycle over and over because if we go with the whole purgatory aspect of it or the hell aspect of it okay that's kind of yeah i i kind of assumed that she was just stuck at any point in this and it just there's no beginning there's no end there's just a loop okay so, so it's kind of those were kind of static so theoretically like she she might not ever become just two just three she might always be just the just we have currently mm -hmm. i get you. okay that makes sense yes so the other justs are just kind of the misleading things seeing other aspects of herself okay i see that that makes sense mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was thinking about that. I was like, how would, how would she ever figure that out? And, like, if she if she just <laughs> died, if she fucked up and, like, Victor killed her, you know, uh, would she wake up on the beach again? What Would she would the loop be over because she fucked up? Like, you know, but, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's, it's probably just uh, a mechanic of the hell that requires these, that, you know, sets up the scenario for her. And it wouldn't even fucking matter. She could have probably, like, you know, you know, misfired and shot herself and, like, she would have been back where she started anyway. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many times that happened. I wonder how many times she, like, fucked up. And, like, you know, she stat, Vic, Vic spiked Victor. Victor pushed her off the boat. And she just, like, ended up back on the shore again. Like, oh, fuck. I, I, I imagine, because, like, because in those, in those loops, theoretically, she wakes up on the shore remembering what happens on the boat. So imagine she does that. And she's like, oh, fuck, I didn't have to kill everybody. I didn't kill everybody that time. I fucking got back here. Damn it. Oh, that, that was a mistake. <laughs> like, for, for a brief period of time, she's like, fuck. Oh, I, I was, I was, I I just killed my friends one time for no freaking reason. Jam. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I'm wondering too. Like, let's let's just kind of <laughs> say that, and maybe that the case I said is not the actual truthful case, but maybe they just went in a Groundhog Day scenario where it, at one loop she's just like, "All right, fuck well, I haven't tried anything else. I'm just gonna go on a murder spree." You know, <laughs> yeah, like, we keep looping. So, you know, like I'm thinking, like you know, Happy Death Day, and those like, where's where does she get? Because you know, is there a, is there a point where she's like, "I'm not gonna kill these fucking people," and like you know, jumps off the boat herself or something like, you know, like, or she tries to you know jump out and swim towards them on the little thing like. I feel like she very kind of quickly uh, realizes that, you know, she sees herself. She doesn't try to approach them the first time. Like, I guess it's kind of scary, but, like, I feel like at that point in time, you just... Because in that, in the first loop, all her friends get killed and she knocks the killer off into the water. Uh, you know, you, you would think that she might be like, oh, look, my friends are here. Like, you know, it's kind of weird, but, you know, I might go run over to them. Like, you know, run away from the boat or, you know, hey, guys, try to team up. Like, is hey, was there ever a loop where... Uh, where she was like, oh, let me try to work together with my clones and, like, you know, take down this other person who's trying to kill us, who she just knows her at that point in time, and then, like, you know, hang out on this boat. Like, if, if they, because if they defeat the other Jesses, they're just chilling out on a boat. It's like, did they die of starvation? What 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 happened in those cases? Uh, you know, I guess that, that would, again, be this more kind of flexible purgatory that isn't set in stone the way it is or appears to be. Um, but that'd be kind of fun to, to see or, uh, you know, hypothesize other outcomes. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, you know, that almost kind of makes me like the movie a little bit more, <laughs> you know, in the sense of like <laughs> these uh, thinking about these other possibilities. You know, the, the discussion that it, that it allows to happen, I guess, kind of makes me enjoy it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, for for the sake of the purgatory aspect, it has to be this kind of strict, repeatable uh, formula. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a science experiment, right? Science has to be reproducible. <laughs> what what are the three R's? There's there's three things that has to be. It has to be something reproducible. Something else, something else to make it a valid test, to make it a valid experience. It has uh-huh. to be those three things, and you know, this this loop is those three things. I just don't know what, what they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know, you know what? I'll, I'll give a little more. Uh, give uh, read a pill- uh, re- being able to repeat, reproducibility, and replicability. Those are the three. Words. Aren't those the same thing? Uh huh. Wait, what? Basically, yeah. <laughs> now the three are. I, 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 I always thought there's more to that. Right, no, wait, is that what? Uh, three R's <laughs> of science. Or, no, falsibility. Wait, falsifiability is not That's a big unless it can be used to make a prediction. We have prediction to turn out dead. Oh, okay, so so it has to be false falsifiability. It has to be able to be proven wrong. Replicability. Cause no, this, these aren't right. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, okay, so the three R's, the way forward, the three R's are not in this article. They just talk about it's. It's like you know when you get a recipe and they're like, "Let me tell you about how like I turned paleo and that's why this recipe exists." Uh, it, it's, uh-huh. it's that this article doesn't actually tell me what the three R's are. It's just like, oh, here's my childhood memories of this recipe I made. Where what, where the fuck are they? This this article. Oh, here we go. No. Okay, our replacement. No, this is okay. Never mind. I, I apparently don't remember this anywhere because there's there are eight <laughs> different three R's. Wait, replacement, re- reduction. No, these aren't. Okay, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I may have just made this up. Um, okay, whatever. Ignore ignore my three R's. It's, that's that's not. What <laughs> I always thought it was. Re- I always not. I know always know re- reproducible. No, uh, retestable is one of them. But and actually, it might not actually be three R's. It might be three other things. <laughs> in order for a sign, in order for a hypothesis to be valid, it must be something. Uh, wait. Oh wait, here it is. Wait, I found it. Ready? 
It has to be. Okay, here we go. Here, here we go. go. I, I am I am on the edge of my seat. Okay, are, are you excited for this? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> reproducing is one of them. Fuck you! Re- <laughs> reproducing is one of them. Okay, no, actually, this works, yeah. It has to be falsable, reproducible, and... Oh, oh, you have to prove that's true, you have to prove that's false, it has to be reproducible. But these are hypotheses, so... None of what I said makes any sense. This I took you guys down a path that was doomed to be doomed to failure. All right, <laughs> just like this. Movie. Just like this movie, exactly. No matter what, just no matter which way she goes, it's always doomed to failure. Exactly. <laughs> this is my purgatory, trying to explain the three R's because they don't actually exist. <laughs> and, right. and every and every awesome. timeline, I just find something that I find the, an answer that is not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right. Any final thoughts on Triangle? You know, uh, you know, we just explained it all, so maybe if you haven't seen it, don't see it. But also maybe do see it, because it's kind of, you know. I, you know, watching it a second time wasn't amazing, but I think that I remembered a lot of it already. So I think even if you know the plot, you know the rough idea, seeing it unfold is pretty, pretty interesting. And I think that, like, you know, there actually is intention in there. I thought on her second loop uh, through where she's trying to save the couple, I thought that was actually, like, a tense moment. So, you know, it, it's, it's fun for those moments. I think it's fun for, like, as you mentioned, the... Um, the totems that kind of show that this has been happening over time. Uh, you know, and then I think it's fun for having a conversation with your friends about it after. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Worth it. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, for psychological horror, like I said before, I'm always more interested in the movies that try and attempt something at least a little bit different, even if they don't 100% stick to landing, mm-hmm. than a movie that just kind of plays it by the numbers the whole time, which there are room for that, definitely, especially if it's really, really well done. But, um, yeah, I always find those types of movies a little bit more interesting to try and do something different and new, even if it doesn't 100% land. So I would say for this one, definitely worth it on that front. Um, but overall, I would say it's probably about a 7 out of 10 movie. And it, look, so. it looks like the guy who wrote it also directed it, which is interesting. Uh, I'm looking I'm looking at it because, like, you know, I'm curious about this. Christopher Smith, yeah. Yeah, apparently he also wrote that Black Death movie, uh, which one of my buddies um, really always wanted us to watch. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and uh, we watched it. He said it was the fun, the happiest movie ever. It's really not. Uh, I think he he meant it in a in a bad way. But um, gotcha. He 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 also wrote the short film The Day the Granddad Went Blind. What a what a what a movie. <laughs> oh, he apparently also movie a movie called uh, Severance, which is a about a um, which I'm now I, I want to watch. It's about a uh, a group of sales representatives who go on a like a, a company outing and they start to get hunted. That Ooh, gotcha. that sounds awesome. Speaking of which, um, have you seen the TV show Severance yet? No, I've heard really good things, though. Yes, it is very cool concept. Um, it's on Apple TV. This has absolutely nothing to do. It's not a horror at all. It's, it's more of just a thriller. Uh, but basically, the concept is in the near future, you have the ability to basically sort yourself into two different memory sets or two lives where the second you walk through a door in your workplace you forget all memories of the outside and vice versa. So you have your work self and you have your outside self as well. And it basically follows the people who are just the work selves. The only thing they know is, you know, their work. When they go on in, they work for this mysterious company. They don't know what they're doing there. But it's, it's a really cool concept. Adam Scott is in it uh, oh. from Parks and Recreation. And uh, also uh, Krampus as well. He's the main character. Mm-hmm. So he does a great job. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend that. There's only one season out thus far, so it's not too much of a commitment. It's only like eight episodes, but I, I really did like it. So wait, so it's like it's pretty cool. So, so it's like um, 
what's the movie? Paycheck, the one with a. Uh... Never saw. It. Oh, it's a uh, Brad. Brad, no, Ben Affleck, and it's like he, he does a work project, and he comes, and then he finishes his project, he gets, like, mind-wiped, then he comes out of the project not remembering what the project is. Uh, is it like gotcha. that, kind of? Like, like so, he, so, uh-huh. they, so they don't... But, so this happens multiple times, though? So, like, they go to work? Yeah, so basically, it's, like, two different personalities, basically. So the work selves, you know, they basically, each day starts by them walking through the door of this particular business they work in, and it's, like, an office environment, but obviously everything's just a little bit slightly off, uh, but, like, they remember all of their work memories. Like, they remember the previous day, last week, last month. It's just the only memories they have are their actual work environment memories. Um, and then everything before the procedure was done, before the severance as well. So, like, they remember, you know, everything that happened up until that split occurred. And then, of course, the outside self as well. They don't remember anything that happens inside the work environment. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, yeah. So, like, they wake up one day. One of the... This is a very, very minor spoiler for the first episode, but, like, Adam Scott, after he leaves the office, he realizes he's got a cut on his head, and he's just like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> and then they have to, like, tell him, like, oh, this is the thing that happened to get you, you know, during work to get that cut on the head. And then, of course, it's a whole thriller about, you know, how can you trust, you know, what they said on that front and all that stuff. It, it's a very, very off-putting, but at the same time, kind of darkly comedic um, as well, but I would definitely recommend it. Anyway, uh, so we've got a couple different ideas for the next episodes coming on out. Of course, you know, we are active on Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to go ahead and send us a message for any requests you do have, we've had a couple people go on through there. But I do have a list kind of was generated uh, on that front. Um, but yeah, we, we have a couple different ones down the pipeline, but we're always welcome for suggestions. Uh, also, too, thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get, get that off the album Trip of the Corn. Good, good Canadian boys. Well, thank you all for listening and stay groovy. Bye.